Welcome to Diva Chasing Divine. I'm your host, Michelle Mink. In this podcast, I seek to explore the aspects of spirituality, the esoteric, mystical, and traditional. Through conversation with practitioners who dedicate their lives to healing others, I wish to spark curiosity about what else could be out there and pursue the possibilities of how we make the most of our time here. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Diva Chasing the Divine. I'm so excited to welcome Kelly Carpenter here today, a soul therapist from the on the other side of average. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I mean, I, I kind of came into your world in a very abstract way. I ran into you, um, you know, in your um your course at She's Wild Fest and really was totally taken back by my time with you. And I just feel like, you know, it's launched my uh, inspiration, my my curiosity into what it may have been missing in my breath work and um, just, you know, even like learning more about like somatic uh, somatics and everything. And, um, you know, Kelly, like you really brought me to my knees in that workshop. You know, mm-hmm. it was something that I had learned as an opera singer. I knew so much about breathing. It was like, that's all we talked about was breathing. But, um, you know, really consciously breathing to feel um, and to let things move through me was something very new for me. And um, I feel like it's something that everybody needs to know about. And so that's why I'm so glad you're here today. (laughs) It's just my my honor, really. And thank you for the work that you do. And yeah, me coming to you for the medium side of it was really special. Thank you, Kelly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess my, my question that I ask everybody right off the get-go is like, how did you get here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what is your spiritual evolution story? You know, where, who were you before all of this and how mm-hmm. did you arrive here? And, you know, it really was when I was a child. Um, I felt very loved by my mother. You know, she definitely gave me an example of what it felt like to be loved, but she equally had this other side to her that was very confusing because she was mean and she was manipulative and, you know, really she just had her own past traumas and her own struggles that she was really dealing with. And she was a seeker. Um, she knew that there was more. She had a yearning and a, and a calling to break her own cycles and her, you know, to release her own suffering. And so when I was six, she was going through or five or six, and she was going through a messy manipulative divorce. And she went and learned TM or transcendental meditation. And she took me along to learn as well. And so I just meditated because I was told to meditate. And as many things, especially as a child, we don't really realize the impact that it has on us, both the, the negative or the conditioning, you know, that we experience or the traumas equally, you know, the great things, you know, we're just sort of oblivious to it. And so as a teenager, So in my, I'm now a transcendent meditation teacher and a breathwork facilitator and trainer and, you know, soul therapist, as you mentioned, but in it, so now I know as a 
transcendent meditation teacher that really are our ultimate spiritual journey is the development of witnessing awareness not cognitive awareness but that awareness that comes from really connecting to our center where we can see what is as it is instead of what we want to see or seeing through the lens of our traumas or our stresses and so as a teenager I had this ability to see that I wasn't the events that happened or the dysfunctions or the traumas I experienced, but it didn't mean that I knew how to integrate it. So I, I had this awareness. I've been asked before, well, what did meditation give you? And, and really in that reflection, it's the, whenever I'm in, implementing my practice, it's like, the answers come from within. There's a centeredness and a knowingness that I have access to that otherwise, you know, we don't, we're lost in the story. If I wasn't implementing my practice, it seemed like the cause of my strife or the answers to it were outside of myself. And so it brings us back to this deeply empowered place, knowing we aren't our experiences. We aren't the worst thing we've ever done. We aren't the worst thing that's ever happened to us. We're so much more than that. And, you know, with that also comes possibility. So as a teenager, I could witness that I wasn't my story and I could witness that my suffering came from within and that the events that happened had an impact. Absolutely. But that really suffering was from within. It was my inability to integrate it and let it go. And it was my reliving of these experiences that was really causing me to suffer because life is full of pain mm. and vulnerable moments, but that doesn't mean suffering. It doesn't equate suffering. Mm. Suffering is our inability to integrate or to be with or to um, really hold those painful, more vulnerable moments in life. And so when I was 19, I went to see a counselor on my own accord, just knowing that I wasn't my story and I wanted help from a professional. <laughs> and when I went into the counselor and I was telling my story, I was, I was really kind of taken back because she saw me as my story, hmm. you know, that there is in the, the really more um, traditional therapeutic approach is we are broken right and I knew I wasn't I knew that the suffering you know wasn't all you know or the experiences didn't need to define me even if they were um so I went for a second appointment and I was like okay this is certainly not for me and that was really at, in my 20s was my start of what does that mean to evolve beyond our story, to really break the cycles. And it's just been my life's path really to um, continue to walk that walk of becoming undefined. Hmm. 
Wow. I mean, I think that's so interesting. You mentioned about like the therapist, because, you know, I, I wonder like, what is like, you know, how has society put these, you know, perceptions of like how we deal with our struggles and our pain, you know, and, and therapy, like when we go and we're asked to like relive and tell our stories over and over again, like I, I told, you know, my husband a few years ago, I'm like, I'm never going to a therapist again, because I've just paid, you know, six months of like, you know, thousands of dollars of therapy to just tell them about myself and where I'm almost like re-traumatized after every single time. Mm. And, you know, I don't feel the benefits. I don't feel this, this shift in me. Um, Mm-hmm. you know so you know I don't want to like poo poo <laughs> you know like all the therapists out there but you know what I mean it, it does feel really complicated because are we it does it give up does it allow a space for us to move through it mm-hmm. you, know, so. you know I mean if we looked at trauma and it's really rudimentary definition there are events that happened that we weren't able to integrate that we got lost in created fragments splits beliefs um wounds and, you know, Gabor, I work with Gabor Mate in his professional training, um, CI, and I love his quote on trauma because it really explained my experience when I was a teenager. And it's trauma isn't what happens to you. It's what happens inside of you as a result of what happened to you. So I had that awareness as a teenager that the events had an impact you know, sure. But really it was that restriction and that constriction on the inside that was the cause of my suffering Hmm. or my struggle or, and so, you know, when we can really work with what I call, you know, that, that whole body approach, Hmm. um, you know, that's when we can really in, you know, use these events and these situations is what I really feel they're intended for these traumatic or painful situations. It's really to remember our wholeness. Hmm. Beautiful. So, you know, how can you walk me through like how you do this? So I know one of the sayings I love on your website was, you know, your darkest, most challenging obstacles are a divine portal to finding your purpose and fullest potential. Mm-hmm. And so how do you take somebody from these moments or from these feelings of being stuck, which I feel like every single person has had these moments of, you know, stagnancy or um, working through their trauma. What is it that you do? Like, what is it? How do you walk somebody through processing this from your yeah. perspective? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, oftentimes for a number of years, I've had a, a challenging time um, articulating that. <laughs> and it's really because um it's just that I can see not see in the same way you you know can but I can see someone's wholeness and innateness that exists even when they don't have connection to it or they've forgotten that inner resourcefulness and wisdom that lives within them so I can see that and trust that and I can see the purpose in pain or vulnerability And so when you have that deep, deep trust that life is, there's always that divine purpose behind it. Life is always happening for us, just nudging us along, you know, saying, you know, look over here, there's something to be integrated, you know, or held. Um, 
so it's really that ultimately that I can see and trust and follow the process. Mm. So if someone, you know, if, if, I mean, I work in different capacities, I have a, um, a course that is my transcendent meditation teaching. I have another one that's, you know, breath work and really, and even becoming a facilitator of the breath or ultimately what I call the TOSA method, um, which tosses the acronym for the other side of average or working one-on-one, they all kind of, you know, fall under that, those foundational principles of being able to trust the wisdom that's in the body and follow the process with deep presence. And that's that what there's I like, you're not here to empower others, you know, like other therapists or coaches would be, but you're here. Like, I want you to find the power within yourself mm-hmm. you actually, um, you know, have, seek those answers within. So, you know, you kind of said you, you state like these three steps of consciousness, like to meditate, like meditate, um, you know, to become still, to breathe, to feel. And then this other idea of like inquiring, like, what is, you know, what can I, what is, what is this that I'm feeling, you know? So, um, can you like walk us through those? Like, why are those important for us? Those three steps. And and I'll maybe add a couple of others. So I kind of, the Tossa method is what I call the, the five layer approach to our conscious healing and our evolution. And the first one is there's an inner calling or we've had a wake up call. So even if there's lots of beautiful things happening in our life and there's so much gratitude for, you know, the life that we're living, there's like a calling for something more. Or for some people, they've had a wake up call Mm -hmm. that has really shooken them. You know, again, that idea that life's always happening for us. Sometimes life or our bodies need to hit us over the head with that proverbial two by four in order to get our attention. Cause we're, we're on a, an evolutionary journey being a human here and we can do it consciously or we could do it unconsciously. And sometimes the unconscious aspects, you know, need yeah. to get a little loud to get our attention. So just because we've had the wake up call or that inner calling doesn't mean yeah, we take those next steps that are really essential in order to integrate, you know, our traumatic past, our pain, you know, places we got stuck or restricted or we created beliefs. Um, and that second step is conscious support. And I say conscious for a reason, because you would just heard my story of what it meant to go to someone who was in the support role who wasn't, who couldn't actually support that full integration. And if we could have done it on our own, we would have, you know, reading the book or going to that course would have been enough for us to, you know, release our stuckness, Mm. our overwhelm. And in that process of going to get conscious support is there's a learning process that we step into. We might learn but the ultimate learning is bringing the unconscious conscious. That's the ultimate level of learning is when we can 
bring to the surface these unconscious places and integrate them. And then the third is conscious practice. And that's where, you know, those three that you mentioned, the ability to tap into that deep stillness, a really um, embodied presence that is exists in us always. Um, Which is so hard to find. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I say to my transcendent meditation students, you can't avoid that which you seek when you implement the practice. Mm. It's just our implementation of it, um, or lack of teacher, or you know, different things that kind of, um, you know, miracles happen all the time. It just we tend to push them away by not implementing the practice. The other, the third one is that embodied feeling, which I use the breath in many different forms, because we all have to learn how to feel again. We can't heal what we aren't willing to feel. And we're really great at disassociating, numbing. I mean, if we looked at suffering from, you know, the definition, it's an avoidance of that pain and vulnerability. That's just going to be part of life and the experiences that we have and a disconnect from our source or, you know, that innateness that I talk about, or, you know, that wisdom that, that lives within that's what, how, and why we suffer. So if I we're pushing like, away and dissociating and projecting, yeah, like, we're what, not feeling. Yeah. What go ahead. If you like, you know, the answers are within, like, how do you go within? Like, is that through breath? Is it through meditation for you? Or is it creating the intention that I'm going within? You know, because I, you know, I, I keep hearing this so much and, and I, and I even teach it myself, like that we have all the answers within us. Mm -hmm. um, it comes down to those practices, the support and the practices. Right. So learning to inquire, because we've given so much power to the mind, the beliefs that we've created, the meaning that we give things. So that compassionate curiosity to um, question our beliefs our thought forms I love that phrase. meaning that we curiosity it's such a beautiful way of saying it but yeah. it's like I'm criticizing myself or judging myself for thinking this way I'm just going to be kind and yeah that. beautiful yeah and then learning how to feel so even if we just looked at our bodies the storehouses of everything that's ever happened you know it's literally held in our cellular memory so that somatic piece that you know that you mentioned was that that idea of being able to feel again we have to release it on a cellular level we have to get in when we release it it creates more space to go within because if we're trying to get rid of um project blame stuff numb dissociate from those deeper feelings it's pretty hard to go within you know a lot of people can't meditate they say they can't meditate because their mind's too busy because they're up here or they sit in stillness and what do they experience they experience the pain that wants to be felt, but then they don't know how. Hmm. Right. Right. So, so really we need how, all three. How do you, how do you describe somatic breath? Like, how do you describe even like the word somatic? What does that mean to you? To me, it is, you know, bringing that deep surrendered attention and awareness that that present witnessing of what is happening in the body. Is it a you know, is because I know it's not about rhythm okay it's just presence wow yeah 
sounds so simple. Like that's what I, you know, even like, like I know in our workshop together, you're like, I just want you to inhale and exhale with like no pauses. <laughs> I just want you to be like aware of it. And there's just no holding. And I taught that in singing all the time is, uh, you know, when I would teach, I'm like, your sound's either leaving you or it's coming in as air. There's no tension, no holding. But when, um, you know, I had like, you know, you have an open-ended question or there'd just be um, this inquiry that would go with it. There was so much that unleashed. Like, I remember just like sobbing, like snot, you know, falling <laughs> in my mouth and I'm on all fours and crying. And like, it was just, you know, so messy. Um, but it was just it was like, I was feeling things on like on, a, on such a cellular level. Yes. And so I think even I've been wondering since that experience with you, was it because there was like a rhythm that I was feeling? Like, it was it me being conscious of like my breath or is it just simply that you, that you're just present with your breath? Is presence. Hmm. It's so, always because I'm like, do I have to go study like rhythms and, <laughs> but well, I can literally just meditate and just think of like air moving through your body. There's just yeah. no, you know, like even, so you hard. know, in sounds so simple, even like, yeah, when I try it again, I'm like, I can hear my mind being like, well, it can't be this easy. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that's where we can get that. We can bring in that compassionate curiosity you know, how old is that part of you mm. that says it just can't be that easy? Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what are, what are some people's stories that have worked with you? Like, what are, like, have people's lives changed from this? Like, has your life, mm. this? like, yeah. I know you brought your daughter to that um, workshop as well, which I thought was so cool. I'm like, if I ever had a daughter, I'd love her to come to She's Wild Fest, you know, and <laughs> yeah. And that so it's so neat you're passing it on to your daughter too but yeah like how has it impacted your life you know on a personal level and, mm -hmm. and your clients oh well on a personal level I have three children mm. they all do this work on all levels they meditate they've done breath work for years they um do you know somatic inquiry um processes and my oldest is, will be 23 this in November. And um, my daughter who you met, she'll be 17. And then I have a middle son who's 20. And so, you know, I've gone through my own parenting, my own inner child mm -hmm. through my past experiences and everything that, you know, one of the things when I was getting certified in transcendent meditation and people were receiving their certificates and saying, Oh, I've spent my whole life wanting to be a teacher. And that's not a bad thing, but I couldn't relate that my, I'm here to be the change I wish to see, to be the living expression. And I knew that, you know, once I really started this work, uh, Outside of that, my my next dharma or purpose would be to birth children. I don't mean physically, but you know what it means to be a really conscious mom, mm. to raise children that can listen to their own inner wisdom, mm. that can meet themselves and live the life that they're here to live instead of what society or even what you know a parent might want for them. And so I've seen all of these practices, not only in my own life, right, from a child um, and through even supporting my mom's passing, but in raising of my children mm -hmm. and how it's impacted my life. It's, you know, some crazy things like 
pain-free childbirths and, <laughs> you know, different um, experiences that don't seem to be the norm. Um, yeah, and supporting, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just being a conscious parent. So and, you gave birth to your children without like meds or anything and you felt. Pain. Yeah. Because I just, again, I don't, I don't believe it's a medical procedure. We're born with this innate experience. Mm. Um, yeah. Wow. That's we're, we're more taught, you know, through those traumas and those restrictions, we're taught to distrust what we're really capable of or who we really truly are mm. and after my my second my first birth was just present and maybe textbook if it was if that could be I was just present and and with the journey and because I have so much body awareness I could notice when you know, the crowning, I was just a little off center. So, you know, recentered and was right there with it, with the birth. And then with my second son, it was more blissful. You know, it was like, oh my God, this is amazing in between every push. Wow. And afterwards it was baby joys instead of baby blues. Cause you know, hormones are hormones. They're going to come, but depending on our, you know, what we're moving through in those hormones, it can you know, with my first, I, you know, it was the baby blues. And with my second, it was baby joys. And I knew after that, that's actually when I started working with expecting moms and um, in what it means to connect to that inner wisdom or the inner wise woman inside to, um, so that we can meet that birthing process mm. with much more grace and um, presence. And so I knew after my second that I, if I had a third, I could have a pain-free childbirth. But by the time I was what? I'm pregnant. Oh my goodness. I'd already had two babies, you know, that were toddlers and I had two businesses and I was busy. And I wasn't thinking of, oh, I'm here to have a pain-free childbirth. And, but I, I, um, it was the midwife. I had her at home and the midwife said one thing to me and it just all linked up. And it was really just about tapping into deep wisdom, knowing that we've done this before. Mm. And it was emergence of working with my daughters, who's Gaia and Gaia as in mother earth and, you know, the divine and myself. And it was just this place where we all came together wow. in that wisdom and there was zero pain and it was just present and didn't wasn't you know the same oh my god this is amazing like my second but it was just pure grace hmm. yeah Beautiful. yeah well I feel like that's such a gift too and like how you're raising your children because I find it's such a a thin line, you know, I don't think it's by coincidence that I've met a couple people lately that I've talked about like, oh, you know, actually my mom was a medium and I'm totally turned off by it. Like, you know, it just freaks mm. me out. And it was just like, I was brainwashed as a child about all this stuff. She used to do my cards for me every morning. And, you know, I've met these grown adults that have been like, so turned off by their spiritual parents. And, you know, I look at that phase that I had being raised as a really fundamental Christian and how I kind of rejected it in my teens. And I'm like, how do you create this safe space for curiosity? But also um 
the truth like you know feeling divinely connected or having the your body awareness to feel the things um without crossing into like that really crazy woo-woo space where they're like <laughs> my mom's nuts you know I'm gonna ignore her for another 10 years till I get back to it um, so you know do you have anything to say about that like what has it that been like for you being a parent like a woo-woo parent <laughs> well I think it's you know it's because they don't feel like there's one answer is that answer comes from within Hmm. and every you know when we're really connected spiritually how we express that in the world can look different Hmm. you know oftentimes I, I remember someone saying that she felt really judged once by a friend of hers who said what I thought you were spiritual why can't you see auras well seeing auras or speaking you know to spirits or have creation moving through you to create these beautiful works of art or any number of things is more just that's our kind of soul's gift. Mm. And it might look different from someone else's. Mm. And it's that inner connection and that deep sense of what our gifts are. And it might look really different from yours. Mm -hmm. and that's to me that true spiritual path and so I remember one time my daughter she was the most resistant to meditation my my son's meditated everyone's done breath work but meditation was her like you know just resistant but that was okay you know she did some breath practices finding stillness and just really honoring her journey that you know any parents that somehow make it seem that this path is the only path or that you have to walk this or have it look like this is probably where the rebellion comes in Mm, yes right you know that this christian path is the only way or this you know any number of things so if if we're parenting from the place of just really trusting their innateness Mm. and their wisdom and how that gets expressed through, and and we can question it. We can have that compassionate curiosity if they're locked into a particular mindset and just open inquiry, Mm. you know, into that for them to find their own truth versus telling them what we see it's really easy for all of us to see someone else's patterns right (laughs) but um you know imagine channeling that into seeing that they actually have the answers or that they're whole as they are and helping them find that through embodied feeling inquiry um presence and support which is really about a sacred witnessing because where we got lost sacred witnessing beautiful yes mm-hmm. that's like that conscious support piece because where we got lost was in a relational container mm-hmm. and so healing usually happens in a relational container to mm-hmm. be really seen until we can see ourselves ultimately someone can't see us enough for us to find our wholeness it is that inside job However, that doesn't negate the importance of really being held and seen. Mm, Absolutely. And I feel like that's something missing from society. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's something that just feels like it's, that's a link missing. 
you know, yeah. and there's, there's close friends or things like that. But, you know, I think that that's like, a, I don't know, maybe that's what your, your role is. Do you know what I mean? Like that you're, I am going to be somebody that holds that space, that container for people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think people don't know where to find that, you know, there's like, I feel like there's so much lost. People are feeling so lost in this world. Like, where do I yes. go for the rate support? Where do I go? Um, so that's, yeah, that's so be That's a beautiful way of thinking of it. Um, what is how like people you've worked with, like, what is their experiences with you? Or like, how do you feel like they've, this has changed their life? Mm. I hid so many different ways and there, and I have so many different stories. Um, Hmm. I work with with couples who are either wanting to uncouple consciously, couples that want to unentangle their relationship and come back into conscious relationship, um, conscious parenting, or just, and all of it at some level is about meeting ourselves in our wholeness. And I mean, one of the, you know, I often have it, expressed to me is like oh my god I've done more in three sessions with you than three years of therapy because I work with the whole body approach you know all three of those you know mind body soul pieces that need to come together to really experience that level of transformation Mm um I mean one particular lady came to me I mean there's a couple that that come to mind one particular lady came to me And she was really struggling, you know, with mental health, stuckness, um, reactive patterns, you know, and she really, the pandemic highlighted it. Mm -hmm. And she initially came to me, she's a spiritual seeker as well. And she knew that there was more, she knew she wanted to relieve herself of that, but where she initially came was it, because it was really showing up in her relationship. But actually, when we started to work together, she had an event that happened at work that it was all around the work. But these events, so back to what we were talking about at the beginning, is life is always supporting us and nudging us that every single event that seems challenging or seems like an obstacle or where we get trapped in or stuck in or activated by are always an opportunity for us to remember our wholeness. So this event that happened in her work, and it was only four weeks, this, this huge transformation was four weeks, working together once a week for four weeks, and highlighting all of the areas as a child where she didn't feel enough. And she had spent her whole life achieving and achieving and achieving and achieving financially, you know, in business, and very successful, and yet this deeper part of her was just not feeling good enough. And there was no amount of achieving. So that idea that I spoke of earlier, you know, we think our answers on the outside, these coping mechanisms that are really nothing more than, you know, this inner child that just wants to, you know, be held and, and experience her enoughness. And yeah, in the fourth session, there was just such a magical breakthrough where she was able to experience that on the deepest level to really feel her enoughness. And I say that, but 
it's just a cognitive thing that I'm saying right now, speaking to you, but when you're there and it's so much on a cellular level, it's like, it just transcends and washes away so many layers of the path, the past. Mm. When we arrive there on such a deep cellular level, it's like, it changes our whole story, Mm. our whole way of experiencing the world because now we have an experience of our enoughness and we can meet life in a completely different way versus this coping strategy to always achieve in order to prove our enoughness and then just arriving in life in I'm enough exactly as I am. And what that means then to move through life from that place. Mm. Uh, I had another parent that came to me. It was just the very initial inquiry session and she really broke down in the session and said like I hate my daughter and I don't want to Mm. and you know she talked about her childhood as you know everything was given to her you know all her needs she was in sports she you know all of these different things that we consider um, you know our needs being taken care of or were provided for and yet emotions were, it wasn't, was, they weren't safe to experience people around her's emotions weren't safe. It's very reactive, you know, volatile kind of experience, even if everything else was provided for and looked really good. Mm. And so, you know, her journey, again, really short amount of time, depending on people's willingness and where they are, you know, with this work can be you know, the deepest levels of transition can happen um, uh, in such an amazingly short period of time. Um, But within six weeks of working together, she was totally, had a completely different relationship with her daughter. Just from this experience of healing the emotions, being able to meet the emotions, and process them and actually integrate them so that they weren't controlling her. Mm. Wow. Beautiful, Kelly. I mean, you shared with like, you know, the tips and how people can, can get here on their own, but what do you do every day? Like what's your practice in living a whole life or what are your ways of going within every day? Cause do you feel like it's a daily practice? I mean, I, I know that I for sure have to set my intentions for the day first thing. Otherwise I could just be a gong show. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is your and it, the, it would be the transcendent meditation is, is so definitely meditation means is like, you know, for me is that, you know, traveling to another space, <laughs> you know, like that my mind is leaving my body or what does that mean? To it's you? actually so the opposite to me, it's that full integration of mind, body, soul, and the deepest level of presence. Mm-hmm. Um, not like complete opposite of yeah, it makes me feel know, like escaping that, my, that I should be yeah. going to, go to, you know, other galaxies to receive. A yeah. Thing, but it's so, not. yeah, no, it's, I, there's a diagram that I use in all of my teachings and it's this little stick figure and it's the mind, you know, the body and the soul, because we actually have to, you know, there's lots of even people in breath work, like breathe enough that I've heard, you know, it said before, I just breathed enough till finally I escaped my body. And I had this like miraculous spiritual experience, but if it's out here, then when we come back in and we're 
moving through life, we still feel disconnected. Right. We have to have it be an embodied experience. Otherwise we're still, it's like we're constantly, it's just another form of escape mm. or projection or numbing or stuffing from what it actually means to bring heaven to earth. You know, that's what we're here for is to experience our wholeness exactly here. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. So we actually have to be in our bodies. And then what was your question? Because you asked me, it was a beautiful question, but I really practice like, oh yeah. Transcendent, the word transcendent. Yeah. So transcendent is from the Vedic tradition, which is where transcendent meditation comes from. It's a transcendental consciousness that we tap into in that deepest place of stillness, which is really just about witnessing awareness. And I, I mentioned earlier on where we see what is versus what we want to see. Mm. Where we, so my brain we, can wrap around that. It's like mm-hmm. witnessing awareness. Like, what is that? <laughs> where we can, you know, we're that present that we are witnessing ourselves in the world. We're witnessing, we're the observer. So we're connected to the part of us that, you know, that spiritual intelligence and that, that wisdom that's connected to everything where there is, you know, when we look at consciousness, there's just, there's only one consciousness and that ultimate source of who we are, we're all connected. It's like trees, you know, the roots of the trees and they speak to each other, you know, that we're, it's all connected. Yes. Our nervous systems or our entire physiology or our spiritual um, intelligence or consciousness, we're all connected. And yet that deepest level of suffering that I mentioned is a disconnect from who we really are, which is that there's no separation, like non-duality or unified consciousness. So many different words, depending on, you know, the philosophies and the the teachings, but it's all really the same. And so we can see that. And, you know, there's different um, experiences of that witnessing awareness right up to unified consciousness, the transcendent consciousness and Christ consciousness and divine consciousness that are just different levels and I'm doing this but it's actually this not not a hierarchy um it's just different states of awareness or qualities of experience of that witnessing Hmm. and so you do this every morning or what is your routine Mm -hmm. yeah so if I if I kind of explain transcendent meditation or just meditation there's three types of meditation observant focused and transcendent So observant is, we're just observing what is as it is. So it might be mindfulness practices. We might be just sitting and observing our breath without manipulation, just observing the inhale and the exhale. We might be going for a walk in the forest and just observing the sights and sounds and experiences of what it means to walk in the forest. Hmm. So just observing without manipulation or change. then there's focused. We might be focused on a candle. We might be focused on an audio or a visualization. We might be focused on a particular breath pattern and breathing in a certain way with our our breath. And then transcendent is the use of a mantra or a sound said silently 
which is used for two purposes. One is the, the vibrational quality that it brings. And it's actually a tool for the mind because the way the mind works is, and, and probably what I get told the most is I can't meditate because my mind just goes everywhere. Mm. Um, so it's actually a tool for the mind because the way the mind works is we say green and we think grass and pretty soon we're thinking of this holiday we had two years ago because there was this green, whatever there. And then we think of the guy we met and who knows where it goes, right? So we associate and our mind just runs wild. And so if we're using um, uh, a sound or vibration that doesn't have a meaning, it's like our mind can't grab hold of it and run with it. It can, can try, but it can't. And so as we just continue to introduce this in our mind, it's like we settle the mind and we just go into subtler and subtler you know, layers of the thinking process until we slip beyond thought. And we access that pure place of stillness. Mm. And so with observant and focused, we start with the practice and we end with the practice. As in, we start observing our breath, we finish observing our breath. With transcendent, we start with the practice, but we transcend the practice. So at first we're, you know, and, and maybe some meditations are like that because we don't meditate for the experience in meditation we actually meditate for the other 23 hours of our day that we're experiencing more flow and connection and mm. yes. yeah presence so mm. that's that's sort of you know the what how i explain the three meditations that are there and what transcendent meditation is or how it's different mm. and like how long do you do it for uh 20 minutes twice a day 20 minutes twice a day yeah. And you feel like that just keeps your intentions clear during the day, your mind, your stress levels, everything. Yeah. Is and, and, you know, there's, I often say we can't avoid that, which we seek when we implement the practice. So even if it's a bit more of an active practice as then maybe we have a little stress built up in our system. So it's hard to settle just by implementing the practice we're bringing in more calm, more presence, more connection to that innateness of who we really are, our souls, you know, unique expression in the world. Mm -hmm. And so if we're moving through the world with that, if that's our ultimate level of authenticity and desire and expression, as long as we're sitting in the practice, and connecting at some level or creating a deeper connection, we can't avoid that, which we truly seek. You know, we're kind of known as humans to be caught up in what we want in the moment versus what we really want. Right. And to connect with what we really want, we also need to connect to who we really are. Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kelly. Thank you for, um, yeah, enlightening us with these ideas and the la many layers to discover, you know, are there tips out there for like anybody who's like, oh, I know I'm supposed to meditate, but I just, I just don't, I just haven't started yet. Like, are there any like easy tips you have for like a starting point for somebody who's starting to want to like are interested in meditating? Yeah. I, I think that the easiest, um, and most accessible 
part that everyone has is their breath mm. and sitting in silence. So when I, you know, I, I feel is essential. So that's, if we're going to connect to the silence within, we don't need an active meditation. That's about listening to something and staying in our, our thinking process. Mm. So just silently witnessing a deep, slow inhale and exhale about five seconds in and five seconds out and just bringing the awareness into our heart center. Is that more observant practice mm. and just observing the breath as it moves in the heart center to me is that that place to, to start. And even if that was 10 minutes, you know, a day or 10 minutes, twice a day, just as a starting place, that's, what is accessible and available to everyone and will definitely create an impact. Mm, okay, wonderful. So Kelly, how can people find out more about you and mm-hmm. you know, study with you or what do you have coming up that people can tune into? Yeah, great, great question. Thank you. Uh, well, I have my Transcendent Meditation course um, called BU and I also have uh the more than a breathwork training that I offer. There's different levels. So whether someone wants to become a facilitator of the breath or whether they just want to deepen their experience, you know, be held in a place where they can really integrate those lost parts. Um, I also have a retreat coming up in the middle of January in Mexico at a really oh, wow. luscious, luscious place. And it's going to be an incredible, um, yeah, experience, deep experience with the breath and with inquiry and with stillness. Beautiful. And well, a lot of support. <laughs> also, um, you know, on the other side of average, I believe is your Instagram handle yeah. and your website as well. And so I encourage everybody, you know, to, to check out her website, um, to see how heart centered it is too, and to check out her courses. Um, and I think like, you know, I, I'm assuming you're going to be at other festivals and things like that. So I, I think it's important for just people to follow you and to see where, mm. where they, you know, experience some of your magic. Mm. So Kelly, thank you for joining me today. And thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I have to shout out to everyone that's listening. If you haven't connected with Michelle on the medium level, you need to book a time with her because it was uh, really impactful. Yeah. So thank you you for that. (laughs) Thanks Kelly.